Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. And now that heart is beating fast And that's the rhythm I can dance to I'm mighty glad I've got a chance to That one big heart that's beating fast Tomorrow morning let it rain Tomorrow morning let it pour Tonight we're in the groove together Ain't gonna worry about Stormy weather Gonna kick old trouble Out the door Beat out old trouble and drunk here we are, back on Radical Australia Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. My name's Joseph Toscano, in case you're listening for the first time. But now we go over to the head honcho, Dale, the Dowager. How bridge? How art thou? I'm well, Joe. How are you? Yeah, you're looking exceptionally healthy again. What's oh, wrong with you? Well, you know... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It must be the sun. No, it's, it's the not, opposite the, of the sun. Oh, that's right. You're a goth. You hate the sun. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I had look, enough of it. <laughs> now, well, today, look, you've got you've got permission to keep me under control because I, I may get a bit feral today because we've got a really interesting guest. Uh, we've got uh, Madame Beatrix Watolfa. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thank you for having me here. No, no, no. We thank you. Because without you, we do not have a program. Oh, you are the star. Is that right? That's right. Wow. <laughs> you are the star. We are just, we are just the instruments. Oh, wow. Right? wow. You're the singer. We're the instruments. So you're number one. What a privilege. Ah, it's not a privilege. Now, I only ask two questions. Sure. And uh, you've got 55 minutes to answer them. There you go. Wow. <laughs> And the first question takes 10 seconds. Yes. What year were you born? I was born in 1963. 1963? Yep. Just a young woman, 54. Yep. Oh, very mm-hmm. young. Mm-hmm. Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, the second question, which you've got 54 minutes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> what is the first thing you remember on planet Earth? The first memory you have as a child? Right. Um... I remember when I was uh, probably four years old, mm-hmm. and um, our house actually not that far from the jail. And I have older sister, two older brother, and every time they come home, they went straight to the jail yard mm-hmm. because that time. All the fathers been put into jail mm-hmm. in West Papua. So jail grounds like training ground. Mm-hmm. So when they're there, I came out from the house and then playing with them. So in the jail. In the jail. Yeah. So what part of West Papua was this? Uh, it is in Manokwari, uh-huh. up in Bird's Head area. And where is that? When you look at the map, is that? So you have you have that bird. Yes. And yes. up in the head. Right. Up That's, in the head. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Right. 
And uh, are your, I assume your parents are no longer alive? No, no, no. they're well, gone. Mm-hmm. So how many brothers and sisters did you have? I do have two brothers and six sisters. And they're all alive? Uh, the oldest brother actually passed away last year. Mm-hmm. Mm. And do they all live in West Papua or have they left? Uh Actually, one actually lived in East Java mm-hmm. because he married the Javanese lady. Yes. And the rest actually in West Papua. And so you're the only one who left? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I was the only <laughs> one living in the Philippines for 20 years. Right. In well, the southern Philippines amongst the rebels area. Good. We're going to talk about that later on. But So that's your first memory, going to speak to your father in the jail. Yeah. So it was... So children were allowed to go in and out, women in and out? So, you know, because that time all the dead, all the fathers yes. been taken to the jails. Right. So right. I, I guess that's the only family time. Yes. They cannot come out. You no, just have to go and chase them. Yeah. So, what they would call pacified villages. Yeah, right. Yeah, yes, yeah. they mm. put all the males in one area and to stop them yep. joining the resistance. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm. And... Uh, did you go to school in West Papua? Yes, I did. Same area or? I actually, um, um, during that time, uh, my my uh, kindergarten and, and what you call play group, mm-hmm. you know, under six years, yes. it was in the one place. And because of the political tension during that time, we as a family been advised by the clans not to stay in one place. Mm-hmm. Any time if something bubble up, yes. then our life would be in danger. So the the extended family actually took us away from that area, mm-hmm. like three days by boat, and we were there for two, three years. So I have to move to that p- part of the uh, Papua and doing my school there and then came back and then moving around because just that time it was it wasn't really safe for us to stay in one place. Mm. So what there were Indonesian troops everywhere were they? Soldiers yeah, everywhere. Yep. Mm-hmm. Submachine guns and Oh yeah, yeah. Everywhere. 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 I remember one time um my dad was coming home mm. and he was staying he was sleeping there and about oh probably eleven o'clock at night I hear a dung 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 knock on the door. Mm. And they're not only knock they Kick the door in, yeah. <laughs> and they walk in, and they yeah. said, "We're looking for your dad." And I said, "I still sleep there. You can yeah. just come in, and then you can just talk nice, not just like this." Mm. And mind you, this is this is Papuan, yes, a Papuan. soldier, yeah, yes, Papuan soldier. Yes. So I said, well, "Where there you go?" And he said, "Look, calm down. We're going to get him out, and then just usher him with you out." So this is. You're so rude. This is eleven o'clock at night. Yeah. Mm. But boy, that was that was that was a really bad memory I have <laughs> right. during that age. Yeah. So you lived in a small house. Uh, was it? It is. I mean, that house actually was built by the Dutch government oh, right. during that time for the government employees. So it's a three-bedroom right. kind of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So your father was a government employee. Yeah, he he was a teacher. He was yeah. a teacher. Yeah. He taught. Mm. Yeah, he taught uh, under the Dutch, when Dutch government, that Dutch influence still there. Right. Uh, yeah. And was he allowed to continue to teach after the Indonesians came? He, of course, he was taking in and out uh, from the jail up to even when I was actually already in uni student mm. time. So it was like from 1963 up to... 
1984, 85, in and out all in the time. In and out all the yeah, time. Yeah. Was, was he considered to be a, a, a resistance leader or? Uh, yeah, he, he, he was. And, he was. And then, so, so that's why that blood, that kind of upbringing is a yes. part of our upbringing too. Your upbringing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it was kind of normal to see your father disappear. <laughs> yeah, there, I mean, there's a time he will be back home mm. and, or he was taken away and the next thing is somebody from police or military came and they brought this t-shirt with blood. I'm thinking, mm. oh, what's happened to him? Mm. You know? Mm. thinking, oh, no. And kind of, and then they, 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 they gave us like hours to count. Mm. I'm thinking, is that mean are they going to send the body back? This mm. is the t-shirt with the blood. What that means? Mm. And then so you have tried to ring and then try to find what's, what's going on. Yes. And then probably after two, three days, he'll be back home thinking, what's happening? And he mm. wouldn't talk. No, <laughs> thinking, no. oh, no, this is, this yes. is not fun. No, <laughs> it's not fun. Yeah. So this is this is how you grew up. That's right. That's so, where did you go to primary school? I did um, primary school in Manokwari. In Manokwari during that time. And yeah. did you did you board or did you stay home? Uh stay home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And where did you go to high school? Um, so that was um, a Christian school, primary school, mm-hmm. and uh, the high school, it was under Christian mm. um, school too. Mm. Because during that time, the the, uh, the church actually opened all those um, isolated area. Yes. So that's why we just, the school, it's part of the whole system. The system. Yeah, yeah. So was your family a religious family? Was your father a minister? Or? Uh, yeah, he's a, he's a Bible teacher. Right. Yeah. He was always a Bible teacher. Yeah, he? he was always, yeah. Mm-hmm. Any particular denomination or, mm. or just general? During that time, he was actually under, uh, um, being influenced by the Mennonite group. Yes, yes. And, but when the Indonesia came and took over uh, Papua, they don't want to deal with so many different denominations. Mm-hmm. So they, instead of presenting different denominations, they put into one, and that's under Dutch Reform Group. Church. Yeah, right. Dutch Reform Church, yeah. So from the early stages, you were forced to change your religion? Um, in, in that way, yeah. from Mennonite to, yeah. Yes. Uh-huh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. What was high school like for a young woman? Hmm. Um, High school. For the high school, I liked it. I enjoyed my time during that time as mm. a high school student. Um, you know, uh, it's a good positive memory I have about mm. high school. Right. And yeah. why is that? I guess, um, you know, we see our teachers not only as teachers, but they are like parents for us mm-hmm. they 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 take extra mile mm-hmm. to look after us mm-hmm. and not only to put that in the classroom setting but mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. they put extra mile and yeah. and also they open their house for all of us anytime if we have to do some work uh just keep, can come to the house and they treat us part of the family so mm-hmm. it's a family mm-hmm. environment kind of stuff it's mm-hmm. so i enjoy that so what languages were you taught in at so high school? At high school, 
Mm. It was Bahasa. Bahasa. Life. Yeah. And in primary school, was it Bahasa too? Uh, yes, it was Bahasa. Mm. So how many languages do you speak? Uh, at this time, it's only one at a time. <laughs> <laughs> You're a comedian. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, unless you speak in tongues, yeah, then you speak <laughs> more than one. <laughs> Actually, I learned four languages in the Philippines. Right. So what's, what languages do you speak now? If I was talking to you, yeah. what languages could you respond in? I can respond that in my mind, I'm thinking in Tagalog. Tagalog. And yeah. what's that? That's the national language of the Philippines. Mm-hmm. And, um, um, but of course, my, my tribal language is mm. still part of, you know, if you see upset, then that's the one that comes, comes out. out. <laughs> so if, if you met somebody from your tribe and clan, could you speak to yes, them? Yes, yes, it's easily. just coming out. Just come yeah, out. Yeah. And, and obviously you speak English, and what else? Um, yes, yeah, so Tagalog, and I learned... The two uh, Muslim languages down southern southern mm. Philippines, the Tausuk and mm. uh, southern Sama, where I've been doing translation and doing some work on on media, mm-hmm. and uh, also I learned some. St- um, when I was studying here in Melbourne, 1992-95, mm. mm. I learned some Greek. Some Greek, yes. And a little bit of Hebrews, but not really. Not much. That. Yeah, not much. Mm. Um, and then, of course, I learned uh, after finished uni in the East Java, I went up back to Highlands of Papua, and so I have to learn the um, uh, Eastern Western Dani in mm. up in the Eastern Highlands, yes. and so probably seven or eight languages. Seven or eight yeah. languages. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I plan. I um, feel humble. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Decide to learn Mandarin. Saying I've been trying to work. Yeah. Do you find learning languages easy? It's actually it's a it's a relaxing for me. Right. So that's the way I'll find my. But I'm relaxed. Right. Yeah, mm. the, the the place where I live mm. is actually you know the um, you know the security and uh, safety is not not good. Not yeah. good. So, and yeah. then so learning language is really it's a relaxing it's a, for yeah. me. It's, yeah. be, it's better than dodging bullets. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, there you uh, go. Yeah. Well, well, let's go back <laughs> to this young high school student in uh, West Papua. Mm. How old were you when you finished high school? I was as uh, uh, primary school, I mean um, uh, secondary, is that right? Secondary school, yeah. Secondary school, I was uh, 15. 15? Yeah. So you you went and quickly then, through school? Yeah. And then I went to uh, senior high, like grade 9 to 12. Right. And where was that? Uh, it was in in the same town. Right. And were you boarding or did you stay home and walk? That time, there is no boarding school. No boarding school that hey, time? No, 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 no. <laughs> I just remember um, when I finished my uh, secondary uh, school, mm. I came to my dad before he was taken away by the again, uh, again yes. by the Indonesian uh, military, yes, yes. and I said I'm going to go, and I went to talk to this uh, this um, um, priest, Catholic priest, and then yes. he said, Yeah, you can just go. So I went. To another town, took the boat, yes. and then wandering, and then stay living there for uh, ten months. And yes. it was I was in a boarding school. And how, really old were, good. how old were you then? 
I was, I was actually 16. So you said to dad, I'm going. I've had yeah. enough. Yeah. And then I said, oh, and I said, look, I just need to go. <laughs> you need to go. Yeah. And then when I realized that they, the military came and took him away and thinking, you know, that time my mother yes. already passed away. She when, died. Yeah. Right. So she, because she died. So how, how old were you when your mother passed away? I was nine years old. Nine years old. Mm. So she died young. She died young. Uh-huh. Did she die in childbirth? Or? Uh, no, she died because of breast cancer. Breast cancer? Yep. That's mm-hmm. right. mm-hmm. oh, uh, unusual. So, so obviously, you children looked after each other. That's right. Because dad was in prison, your mother yeah. was dead. Yep. And the extended family would help. Well, yeah, the, yeah. The, 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 the first cousin of my dad was staying with us, lived mm-hmm. with us. Yeah. Yes, he lived with, you, with the family. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, so how old were you when you finished all your high school, your secondary college? Um, I was actually uh, 19. 19. Yeah, 19 years old. So, and what did you, what did you do after that? Um, I have, I'm number six, mm-hmm. and I have... Uh, one sister, one older sister, mm-hmm. who actually left to go to study uh, medicine, mm-hmm. and so I thought, well, she said, oh, why don't you come and join me? And so where, where was she? She was in the East Java in Surabaya. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she was doing medicine, and she she suggested the idea to, for me to come, and I did some study on them to become lab technician and those kind of stuff with laboratory. And which university was this? It's in Surabaya. In Surabaya. Yeah. And did, mm-hmm. you fin- did your sister finish her medicine course? Yeah, she did. She's now, she was the uh, dean of medicine in Papua, mm-hmm. uh, and then she was the head of uh, government hospital. During that time, they tried to put uh, between... Um, the hospital and, and medicine together so the student can practice. Yes, yes. And uh, she, was, she was the one pioneering that work. That work and now yeah. she's looking after the radio, the radiology department of the hospital. Oh, she's, done, she's done a lot of hard work then. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Thank you. So what did you, did you finish your laboratory course? I did, I did. Right. I did. And then what did you think? Oh, I don't want to do this. Oh. <laughs> I, it's, it's a... It's a when you're it's sitting under microscope, right. you're dealing with a totally different world then, thinking, yeah. am I being living between two worlds here, yes. here, and the real world? And yeah. it's yeah. it's kind of mind-boggling for me. Yeah, <laughs> and so I, I decided to leave that because, you know, it's influenced the way you, 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 you your personality, how you're dealing with people, and thinking, am I not being people person? Why are kind of... Agitating, thinking, oh, this is not working. I better do something else. Right. <laughs> so you get your degree, but um, so what did you do after that? Um, my second year mm. of um, in uni time, mm. um, I was being invited to attend this one week uh, kind of camping, and that was the time. It was like I was awakening. Right. From it, from inside, because you know, when I was nine years old, when my mother died, you know, every day we sit together, read the Bible. My father would help us to understand the story in the Bible, pray together, because we are living this constant situation that uh, is not safe. With the, uh, so, so when my mother passed away, I said, "If there is God, why He took my mother away? Hmm. We are still need." 
And that question is mingled in your mind. Mm. And so I didn't process my grieving properly. Mm-hmm. And, and because that question never received good answer. And, you know, particularly at night, you wake up thinking, oh, another day, what's happening? You know, and, mm-hmm. and that's really mingled. So my second year at uni, um, they're kind of asking us to enacting the whole story again of um, how Jesus was taking on the cross and mm-hmm. all the story back again. I'm thinking, wow. And I get somebody to come and I said, I have this question, you know. And then I told that lady and mm-hmm. she helped me. And, and when she talked to me, and all of a sudden, like, the light bulb just bang. bang. I'm thinking, okay. I remember walk back home thinking, well, I don't have to have answer for all those death physically, you know. Right. You try to explain it from medical point of view, I'm thinking, but there is no simple explanation. How come this stuff still on and on in your mind all the time? So because of that, I decided to, when I finished uni, I thought, well, probably time for me to share this this stuff inside that been, just imagine from nine years old mm. up to at the age of 22. So I've been processing that mm. actively. Mm. So time for me to share with others how to deal in properly. It, there is no easy, simple answer, but at least you identify the people who lost their loved ones. So when you said to share with others mm-hmm. who do you mean was it were you part of a a religious congregation or did you go out on your own actually i i need to learn from others to be, to be able to do that because mm. having that idea is not enough that's right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's why when i finished my unit training i decided to go back to papua and to learn that from surprising surprising some of the doctors from Melbourne Uni graduated from Melbourne Uni. Mm-hmm. Actually, one of them actually died in my hand. Right. Yeah, and uh, I learned for five weeks with her. Mm. We walked down and then I talked. This is like intense discussion. And what year was this? It was uh, 1987, 86, 87. So, w- were these. Um West Papuans who'd learnt in Melbourne Uni, or were they local people from Victoria? This is... Um, the doctors. The doctor, actually, she's originally from New Zealand. Right. But she was studying here. Studying here. Yeah, and, uh, of course, with the different Aussies. Yes. Yeah. There's this uh, nice gentleman from Western Australia. She's, he said to me, why don't you come and learn from us? I think, yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah. Why not? Yeah, why not? So, well, you came to Australia. Well, just to learn from them. Right. During that time, I was offered three scholarships to mm-hmm. go to Hawaii, to go to to um, um, Canada, mm. and to go to Pennsylvania in the U.S. But I said, look, I know people said America is center of universe, but I'm not interested. So, but and then somebody else came and said, from Sydney, said, do you want to come down to Melbourne? And because yeah. I like mm. the idea. What year yeah. was that? It was 1993. 93. Yeah. You said this, this, this doctor died in your arms. Was that in West Papua or here? It was in West Papua. What year in was the, it? It was, no, it was November 1987. What happened? She, um, she had, um, we, 
we just I just been asked to cross over to the other side of the valley mm. and um somebody called me scream on top and then I rushed back and mm. I said she said oh I have this shit fever and I th- she said I'm oh, probably malaria mm. and I said but Dr. Bicroft if malaria you should have this 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 this, this. Mm. you don't have that mm. and then um, the next thing is she asked me to pray with her and then she was unconscious like mm. to 6 p.m. and then she passed away like one o'clock in the morning. So she was a young woman or? 61. She was 61. Yeah. And she'd worked in West Papua for many years? Yep. She was working in West Papua for 10 years, mm. went over to Papua New Guinea for 15 mm. years and then came back to West Papua for mm. another 10 years. And she mm. died and we buried her there. In, in West Papua? In West Papua, in that hospital. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm. Mm. So when you came to Melbourne, yeah. what did you think? Another jungle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but a concrete one, yeah. eh? Yeah, because, you know, back in Papua, you know, this, you, you know, the sense of direction, you see this tree, you see, you, you see in this, uh, this direction of uh, cloud, etc. Yes, yes. Now thinking, I got lost. Actually, I got lost here in Collins Street. In Collins Street? Yes, exactly. Which end? The top end or the bottom end? Near Collins Street Baptist Church. Actually, I walk in that direction. Somebody came, another gentleman said, Looks like you're lost. I said, I am. Can I? <laughs> well, you can get lost in Collins Street. There are a lot of churches up the top end, and there's none down the bottom end. I have no, I have no idea what the church, church look like. I just yeah. walk. Past. Oh, yeah, past. Like today, I got lost too. Where? Well, Lois said to me, you're walking this direction, and I turn left instead of right, and I was thinking... No, no, it's Lois's fault. It's always <laughs> her fault. It's always Louise's fault. Always her fault. It's I never your fault. <laughs> Remember that. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, well, it's... it's Melbourne, that time, it was like a different planet for me. Yes, it would have been. Is this the first big city you've been to? Well, I've been to Java, yes. but... This is like totally different, mm. you know, very mm. different. Mm. Yeah, uh, my first culture shock in Melbourne was when I saw this my roommate. Mm-hmm. Um, she was busy, and on Friday I saw, "What is she doing?" That she put her jumper in, and I thought, "Oh, is that how?" She explained to me, "You put this coin, and then you." Press and then that washing machine, the dryer. And I'm thinking, <laughs> right, okay. And I, I said, okay, I'll do that. I'll do my, I'll do my mind, my, my, my laundry. Yes. So I have this jumper. Uh, but, oh, no. And then uh, when I pull out from that washing machine. Yes, it was a bit and, small, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And then, and then uh, I went put that in the dryer. Yes, it was even smaller. Yeah, but this become this. <laughs> So you wasted your money. <sighs> Look, uh, this is, it's uh, 4.30. This is Radical Australia and Community Radio 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. Madame Dale Bridge is pushing all the buttons and making sure you can hear us. And I am talking to, not interviewing, talking to Patrice Watoffer. Right, did I get that right? Yep. No, good boy. Good boy. I usually forget, you know, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a bad boy. So, what did you study at Melbourne University? Not in Melbourne University. I studied in the uh, uh, Bi- um, Bible? BC, Bible College of Victoria in Lilydale. In Lilydale, oh yes, yes. yes. Mm-hmm. And, and did you study to be a minister or? Uh, to 
cross culture workers. So what is a co- what is a cross cultural worker? You know how I can be be uh, looking at world outside only from my Papuan Melanesian background. Yes. How to study the Dalilidal? How do I learn to see something from other culture perspective mm, mm. and without judging and understand because just the way people look stuff differently it's not wrong mm. and right but mm. just different way of looking at the whole was it was the college a particular denomination or was no it, it actually interdenominational interdenominational so yeah. it was protestant or or catholic protestant everything a- anyone can go yes yeah go there and, uh, and, and enroll and study yeah. and how long was the course for um, I did that for three years. Three years. Yeah. So you got a piece of paper after three years. I hope. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it was really good feeling after that. That was a long yeah. time. Uh-huh. And did you did you live at the college or did you live? In yeah, the we actually yeah live in as a Living student. in the college. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, yeah. And who paid your f- fees? Actually, it uh, through generosity of um, the people in Australia actually right. yeah oh, they want to see something happening during that time in Papua yes. and, and yes. yeah so yeah through right. the generosity of people in Australia, Australia so they yeah. paid your fees mm. and so after the three years mm-hmm. what happened after the three years I went back home for three four weeks and then I left to go to the Philippines why the Philippines because I've been praying for that place for uh, probably six, seven years. Um, when I was in Bandung, I mm. did some study in Bandung as well, mm. West Java. Yeah. Um, I got dream. Mm-hmm. Tell and us about the dream. It was the dream about this boat, mm-hmm. uh, color brown, it's big boat with um, some kind of like like um, library inside the boat. That boat is parking in, 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 in the wharf, kind of small wharf. Mm-hmm. And um, and then after that, I can see this kind of wharf go straight, straight that you can see this. It's like um, housing of of kind of underprivileged people. Right. And and so when, when I saw that, it was like probably not that long dream, I would imagine, because the story is short. But when I arrived in that place, I know. When I saw that, that boat, I thought, yep, I know that boat. I said, I wonder if the owner of that boat known named Tony. Mm-hmm. And they said, yep, that's his name. That's his name. Yeah, so I just went and I said, I think I met you seven years ago in my dream. Right. This was in the Philippines. This is in, in the Philippines. Philippines. So when you went to the Philippines 20 years ago, mm-hmm. did you have any idea what you were going to do? I actually, with my medical background, with the lab technician, etc., mm. I had that little bit on that. The, the, the stuff that I had in mind is probably I just will have my nail cutter and mm. sit with the kids and then cutting their nail. Mm. That's mm. that's the simple thing I can do, and I prepare for that, not for a big thing. <laughs> big thing. Nah. So where, how did you get to the Philippines? Um... Because Philippines was in my heart mm. last seven years, so mm. you looking for ways of contact, knocking the door, yes, finding yes. information, reading stuff from mm. from the books. That time there is no, inter- no, no, no internet, internet yet. Right. So yeah. and then you contact people who work there, mm. and mm. that's uh, grow your interest. Right. Yeah. And then 
not for that area because that area mm. um, that time every 19 hours there is a them kidnap right and i was kidnapped 2001 well, let's go back a step let's go back a step <laughs> what year did you come to the philippines uh it was 1996 and did you go to the south immediately or did you stay north i have to study the national language right the tagalog so i did that for four months mm-hmm. and then i have to learn the next language and i have to go down south to pick up the other two language language why did you have to go south because that's the place where You know, you, with that dream, mm-hmm. I thought this is not in north of the Philippines. This must be south because no. you can see that mosque, part of the dream, and thinking, yeah, the only place you can find a mosque is actually in the southern Philippines, where majority are Muslims. So, so do you think this was predestined for you? This is, you think God has worked this out for you? It's you see that from two different angles. Mm. Probably because I have this desire. Mm. To go there, yeah. and then as I kind of praying about thinking about that and thinking, well, the Filipino are clever, clever than me to do that kind of work. Mm. So the northern Filipino, mm. they're they're okay. Yeah. Probably you need to just go down south. You went south. Yes, I went south. So when you went south, what did the people? In the southern Philippines, think of this Papuan woman who That's just exactly arrived. Exactly. What did they think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there is an old man here yes. in in Melbourne. Yes. His name is Len Buck. Uh-huh. He said to me, "Single woman yes. amongst the men society with guns." Yes. Do you think? And I said, "Give me advice then." Uh. And he said, "Ask God to give you adopted family." Mm-hmm. And so, and he rallied that he he get people to pray. Pray. Yes. So when we I went down, I was. Taken by my uh, later on my team leader, mm-hmm. his wife Wendy from America said to me, "You stay with us." And I said, "Well, but I cannot stay more than three days." You know, in mm-hmm. the Muslim mindset, mm-hmm. when you got husband and wife, you got another woman thinking, "Is that second wife or third wife?" Yes. yes. So I said, "Look, I have to walk and All find right. another place." So I walked down. Friday afternoon, passing the mosque in front of the mosque, and this man with the head covered, etc. <laughs> You are a stranger. You just arrived here. It was kind of yes. not friendly. Yes. And then I talked to him, and then he said, "Why don't you come to the house?" And I didn't realize he owned that mosque. Yes. Yes. And so I went with him, met his wife, met the children, mm-hmm. and he said, "Coming back, please coming back on Monday." And Monday crowded, and you know, I'm thinking. Probably this is the end of my life here, <laughs> <laughs> because um, yes. nobody stayed there more than three months. Yes. So I was sitting there thinking, oh no. So I start to practice my Tagalog. Yes. They, they said, you don't you know this is Islamic area. Uh. There is no Christian language here. And uh. Yeah, okay. Uh. Why don't you talk to us in English? Uh. And then the, they're kind of talking. I don't understand what they talk about. And then after probably half an hour, they said to me, "Do you understand what's going on?" I said, "No, tell me then." <laughs> and they said, "Oh, you know, you're single, you're a woman. You know, a woman not allowed to walk here by herself. So mm-hmm. you need to be part of this family." Mm-hmm. And so they took me on board. So they, uh, they explained to me, "This is 
adopted mother side mm-hmm. this is adopted father side you have to understand who related to whom mm-hmm. you have to understand the do and the don'ts mm-hmm. thinking wow this is thank you lord but mm-hmm. i have to learn <laughs> have to learn all those stuff oh, until now i haven't learned all of them no but did you move in with a family there I actually have to move in because oh, yeah. I received death threats. That's right. Mm. I was given 36 hours. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I was sitting with my landlord daughter mm. and somebody with gun straight in front of my eyes and shoot her mm. next to me. Your landlord's daughter? Yep. And six days later, she died. And how old was she? She was like 27. And she was a Muslim girl, wasn't she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she was shot because they took you in. You know, that time I was thinking probably I said something against the Islam, mm. you know. Mm. Uh, but there is this family feud going right, on. And right. so, uh, but boy, it, is, it was like, you know, gun is like toy. You mm. know? Everyone mm. have guns. And mm. I was shocked. Mm. I mean, I, was, I have to undergoing the traumatized counseling mm. because mm. I've been traumatized with that. So were you able to do missionary work as a Christian or did you just live there? Actually, I was expecting. I, I remember when we, you know how for the Muslim, um, um, the way they treat the dead is you have to mm. wash the body properly. Yes. A woman been washed more than men mm-hmm. somehow women more sin and that's that's how the it works mind. right and so i was sitting there thinking god you have to do something here mm. people playing with guns mm. i mean every day you hear the gunshot mm. and i mean the the clinic we have we treat the gun gun wounds yeah, yeah, gunshot yeah, wounds, yeah. Uh, every day so you, you had feuds you had a revolt you had everything exactly mm. um and When I received that death threats, I didn't leave. I didn't want to let the, the organization, the mission, to know that this happened. Mm-hmm. I stayed there, and then, um, because I talked to the yes. most leaders, yep. and they said, no, don't leave, you mm-hmm. stay here. You are mm-hmm. part of the family, mm-hmm. just stay here, let us fix that problem. And they did. They fixed it. They did. They, mm. they get me, I mean, it's mind-blowing mm. with that. But in the end, um, they said, well, when you, because you stay with us, we see your love for us, mm. not depending on the situation. Mm. So I took, um, there is this Jesus film mm. being done in uh, Gospel of Luke. I t- took that and I said to the leaders of the six mosques, mm. I said, uh, have a look at this. If this is against Islam, mm. I'm not going to do it. Mm. Uh, just have a look and tell me. If something against Islam, uh, that's it. That's in a, the end of the story. Don't mm. worry about we do something else. We do mm. sport or any other stuff. Yeah. And mm. then they said, no, this is okay. After six weeks. After six weeks. And then we got 21 mm. of them not never exposed with any, anything before. Never mm. been to Manila. Mm. And they took them. And Out of 21, we got four imams mm-hmm. and um, uh, six hajj. Mm-hmm. Been, been to hajj, yeah. yes. And the hajj. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how we did uh, that, that Jesus film. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the end, um, so many opposition. Like uh, uh, those four imams been mm-hmm. asked not to do 
call to prayers for the whole year. Yes. And yes. the one who do the preaching every mm. Friday been mm. stop doing the preaching. preaching so when when we di- we have to do that prem- premier showing, I mm. said we have to bring it down to show them. Mm. And you know how in the Philippines, um, every um, you know uh, Holy Week. Yes. People been crucified. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so the, in the Muslim minds. Mm. Are they been crucified or beat? And I said, mm. well, have a look at that. Have a look and then you decide. And they said, no, this is not, this is not bad that, as we imagine. Mm. Mm. And the guy, the, the one who in charge for the whole mm. community, he said, well, probably need to think about something, option here, because we've been living this kind of life. And look at all the men. I mean, now... Mm. The old men, I mean the, the the fathers in the community, mm. been gunned down. Yes, Go, going back a few steps, you said you were kidnapped in 2001. Yes. Did, what happened? <laughs> got, I got the group of students coming down from Manila. Yes. And um, there are there were um, uh, 18 of them, mm. men and women, and there is a doctor, dentist, yes. nurse there. Yes. So I said to them. There is no church here, but you don't. You have to help the community. The point here is helping community. Mm-hmm. Don't do any preaching, etc., etc. Right. So they they stay in a different house, and every day you have to look after their food, make sure they have enough water. This yes. is people from big city yes. coming down to this. 200 years life back. Yes. How will they survive it? We want them to do more kind of helping the community. Well, what happened? They left after that. And I was, I was so tired. I went down to the beach mm-hmm. and slept with my two sisters. Mm-hmm. And that afternoon... And when you say two sisters, your sisters? My adopted sister. Adopted sisters, uh, yes. And then... And then the, we, I was... I can hear this speedboat mm-hmm. came and... As I wake up and said, you see these people like, you know, the pirate stuff? Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> and, but I, I thought the person who's sitting in the Middle East yeah. has that uh, head covers. Now there's a lady there, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it was the man. It was the pirates. Yeah, and yeah. we were taken. You and your two sisters adopted. Yeah. And how long were you kept in prison for? We were taken to the house for three days. Three days? Yeah. Did they realize they'd made a mistake? I don't know if they realized it. I don't know. Was it for ransom? Yeah. Ransom. So just ordinary crooks. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Ordinary crooks. Mm. And was the ransom paid, do you think? You know, I don't want to let... The missions know what's happening because no. they're going. Oh, to nobody listens to this. Program. No, no. <laughs> so I said, I said to. Yeah. So I have to wait. I have to rely to my two sisters. Yes. And yeah. the, my adopted father is yes. somebody in prominent family. So yes. he yeah. realized that his yeah. two sis, two so daughter and an adopted daughter being yeah. part of that. And then, who knows? But after that, what happens? Yes. We don't want to talk about it. Yeah. All right. So. You've lived there for 20 years now. Yes. Have you ever thought of going back to Papua? I, I going back every now and again, like if there is a family member's died or I need a break, and then I went back to Papua. And, and what do you think every time you go back to Papua? Are things getting better or worse? Honestly speaking. Honestly speaking, that's what this interview is about. Honestly yeah, speaking. honestly speaking, worst. Worst. How? It's, it is 
like this. Even though physically you see money being poured out, but life actually step back. People, people, people's like like your life been bought, mm-hmm. so you're not yourself. Right. And so, and then you know this stuff bubbling up, like because my upbringing is in that section where the the time where uh, we understood what happened before the Indonesia came. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you know this. So this this bubbling up, mm-hmm. and and yet money being poured out mm-hmm. to just calm you down. This is the money and. And I don't like that the idea because they're not their, themselves. Yeah. So, honestly speaking, no, I don't like what's happening in Papua at, mm. at the moment. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so, what passport do you use? Yeah, I use Indonesian passport. You don't have a Filipino passport. I actually been asked to consider that, but mm-hmm. Filipino. You know, it's very interesting. Forbes magazine mm. every year they will put that um, kind of uh, statistic. If Philippines is not the first country in the very corrupted, mm. uh, Philippine number one, Indonesia number two. So Indonesia number one, Philippine number two. So, <laughs> so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what passport you <laughs> yeah, travel on. Yeah. All right, yeah. that's fine. So how come you've been allowed to stay for so long in the southern Philippines? Oh, I love that place. Yeah, but why do they allow you to stay? Oh, yeah. Why haven't you been kidnapped again? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, when when you consider place is home, mm-hmm. no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know, like last year, I was ready to go, and I was already in Manila, and President Duterte declared martial law, and mm-hmm. they said, "Oh, you shouldn't go down." And I said, "Oh." Look. That's home for me. So mm. I traveled down. They say, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, my Muslim adopted Muslim extended family came and they asked me. And then, and mm. I, as soon as walked into the island, said, yeah, this is the place. You feel home. I feel home. My mm. heart is there. So there. Yeah, heart. Well, what do you think your heart's there? This is a difficult place to live. I know. I know. Um, you know, from human point of view, probably it's very hard to explain it. But I guess I have to give the credit to God who gave that heart first calling for me mm. for first place and um, I haven't I haven't been able to feel I have to go somewhere else mm. every time I mean my adopted father said to me please go and see people uh, extended family living in Malaysia Brunei in mm. East Kalimantan mm. I went I went there and they asked me they the Muslim, when they give you po- hospitality, they did well. Right. Yeah. And, and yet, thinking, oh, this is not the place. I have to go back to the Philippines. Do you have to dress appropriately when you're there, or can you be yourself? I can be myself. Right. Uh, unless there is the religious activities, then mm. I have to respect them. Yes, I understand yeah. that. But mm-hmm. you can be yourself. I can be myself. The, the, the Muslim in the Philippines, they like to be modernized. Modernized. Yeah. <laughs> so, what, what's all this? This um, slaughter that happened in the last few months, <laughs> what was that? What was that all about? It was to do with um, drug. Drugs. But, but they, the, the president, I, I don't understand what's happening. In no, I'm, I'm not talking about what's happening in Manila, in, in Manila. but down south with the revolt. Oh, in, in, you mean in, in Marawi? Yeah. Is that far from where you live? It's far. It's at the other side, is the it? Other, it's um, it's um, in the mainland. I live in the... In the Western Mindanao near the um, East Malaysia. So the, yes. those sm- small islands. You live on those small yeah. islands, mm-hmm. right, right. So people there are more progressive, are they? Because they're closer to Malaysia. They're not as 
orthodox or hardline? Um, Malaysia is a good place for people from Western India now because of the um, um, you, in in Malaysia you got more work. So mm-hmm. when people have been occupied with Can't. life, then mm. there is no enough plenty of time thinking some of the stuff. So mm. in, in that regard, then yes. Mm. Uh-huh. So, so what did people think of the revolt? What did, um, what did the people you were with think? Yeah, I I actually asked that same question to them, mm. and they said, you know, uh, they said they referred to me 1800 when there is a uh, agreement between American government and British to mm. lease Sabah. Yes, to, because Sabah is part of Sulu Sultanate, mm-hmm. and and in the in the Philippine Muslim Philippine mind, they think that. Every month, the sub, the Malaysian government, pay five ringgit, five thousand ringgit, to Sultanate of Sulu because of the lease of that, and for them, they're still part of their property, right. belongs to Sultanate of Sulu, mm. and yet in uh, every time there is a new president in the Philippines, the Malaysian th- oh, what is your your, um, you know about the about this mm. part. Mm. And uh, it's a different arrangement, but in the mm. people's mind, they still think mm. their place. So, uh, you, you just, for me, I just have to learn to live with that kind of. How come you've been in jail in Malaysian yes. side? I, I mean, I went to visit them in, in jail in, in, yeah. in, 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 in Malaysia, yes. and yet, how come back here in the Philippines, <laughs> next thing there's a boat, they went back there, yeah. and then they. Come back. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, obviously. <laughs> You feel your life is guided by God. Right. How important is your relationship with God? Everything. So how how do you communicate? Do you communicate with God, or it's just you just think? Or I actually um, I have my Bible, mm-hmm. so I read my Bible. The true Bible, I for me to understand how God is speaking to me is through reading my Bible. Through reading the Bible, and then when I pray, I pour out what I need to tell him, mm-hmm. then I, that's the way, through pray, I talk to him about. Because um, uh, when you are by yourself mm. in the Muslim setting, when there is nobody with you, mm. then who you are really isn't during that time. Yes. And uh, yeah, that's the time I feel dry. I'm thinking, oh, no, probably I should leave and go back to Papua. Mm. But uh, I remember back in Papua, it's the same thing. It's depending on how you decide for yourself. Mm. have to be your, your choice, not somebody else. Yeah. So what type of work are you doing in the southern Philippines? I'm actually, um, I was helping, with, with, I, we train uh, four people to use microscope to make simple diagnosis for, for malaria, for mm-hmm. all those tropical stuff, bugs. Uh, that was my first four years, and then um, I need to help with some translation work. And so at this time, I actually just started uh, FM radio FM radio. No yeah. wonder you're an expert. <laughs> <laughs> How long ago did you start FM radio? It's three years. Three years. In, so, so, so in, the, in the island where the yes. uh, southern part belongs to Indonesia and the northern part belongs to Malaysia. And uh-huh. the, the recorded material has been done in the Philippines. And then we just air in the Sabatic Island. Right. It's eight. 87.9 FM. Right, so it's a community radio station. It then. is, yeah. 
So what type of equipment do you have? Oh, You'd have a transmitter? Yeah, yeah somebody yeah. else actually from Townsville ah, yes. came and said, uh, do you want to try this? And said, yeah, why not? Yes. And so it's a, it's a, it's a inbuilt uh, computerized stuff. So right. you just stick this antenna. And up and bingo. Yeah. <laughs> more modern than here. Much more modern well, than here. I don't know. I think you have more modern stuff here. Yeah, but we yeah. still use a transmitter with miles away. <laughs> yeah, we're old fashioned, not like Essex. Well, I have to let you know that that place where we put the radio is every day there's um, thunder and lightning. Right. And I've been saying to my the pilot, how can you stop? And he said, don't you have to unplug? So there's there's a time you just unplug <laughs> and the listeners come. What? How come you stop that problem? <laughs> so when you go back to Papua, what do people think? They think do they think you're mad that you're spending all this time in Muslim southern Philippines? Honestly, my siblings think I was mad. Yes. And I mean, they told everyone that. I remember just met my teacher after 35 years. Right. And she said to me, I think some of the siblings already kind of complain why you stay there. Yes. And I was thinking, well, you know, they give me a place to live. When mm. I arrived there the second day, my adopted father took me behind the mosque yes. and pointed to the grave. And he said, there's a family grave and there's a still empty lot there. You can put your name there. Put so, there. place to live there, yes. place to bury myself there. Why not? <laughs> there you go. So, yeah. so, you think you'll continue to live there? Um, at this time, I start to think probably not. Why? Because life is hard there. It's like 200 years back. I mean, there mm. is no running water. There right. is no nothing there. I mean, there is no hospital. We have to rush to the other island three right. hours. Right. And and so, as you're getting old, you start to realize your bones kind of, you know, yeah, okay. Yes. And so, no, I probably wouldn't stay there. So, you're going to leave that grave empty? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be buried in your own country. I think I will. Yes. Have you got anything you'd like to say to the people listening to this program? Oh, this is really... Thank you very much for allowing me to be uh, kind of um, telling this story. I appreciate that. And uh, I, want, I would like to thank you, the Australian people. You know, the Aussie people has been have big influence in, in my life personally, mm. but also, uh, I, apart from doing stuff in the Philippines, I've been doing stuff in Malaysia and Indonesian side, East Kalimantan. Mm. Um, people said, there said, you know, you see that? That's grave of the Aussie people who put their life. Mm. 200 military uh, soldiers died there. Mm. So if you want to bring the Aussie people here, and I wow. Mm. It just speak volume for mm. me to see if there is no life been mm. kind of given for that. It, it, have you got any final words for any young people listening to the program? Life is hard for, for anyone and everyone. You're, whether you're old or you're young, but you have to really strive, try your best, mm. and let the chance, let God try. But you followed your dreams. Yes, I do. You have followed, yeah, and most I people don't. We we kill our dreams, oh, yeah. and you followed them. You yes. must be congratulated for following your dreams. Oh yes, yeah. I was I was I was fortunate, and mm. if no, 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 you were strong. 
you're well, courageous. Well, actually, fortunate, and uh, if there mm. are people in my life that give, you know, come on, step, you know, just move on, and then mm. Mm. there is a time I also disappointed and almost given up, uh, yes. doctor. Yeah, yeah no, mm. you've done very well. I'm very pleased. I'm honoured to have you here. Thank you and for And I'm honoured that Australia has helped you uh, uh, achieve your dreams, and that's my advice to people. You got dreams? Yeah. Follow them. Mm. Doesn't Thanks. matter how weird they may sound. Absolutely. <laughs> Where you've got a Papua, a single Papua woman living in the Philippines. And this is the first case. Yes, <laughs> yes. And you survived. Yes, I survived, yeah. Thank you. Thank Beatrix you so Portofa. much. It was yeah. a pleasure talking to you. Uh, and uh, this program is podcast, mm-hmm. so uh, people in the Philippines can access it if they go to 3cr.org.au. Is that right? That is correct. It is podcast. Wow. And we'll give you a copy. Oh, Dale, wow. not me, I'm stupid, but Dale, who's the intelligent one, she'll give you a copy at the end of the interview Oh wow! to take back to the Philippines. But all they've got to do is go to 3cr.org.au, put up your name, Beatrice Watofa, yeah. and bang, they get the whole hour program. Is that right? And Dale right. does all that. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you very much. Thank you very and, much. And uh, Radical Australia is on next week when we'll have another fascinating guest. Everybody knows that the days are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor, the rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that the Everybody knows the captain lied. Everybody got this broken feeling. And like their father or their dog just died. Everybody talking to their pockets. Everybody wants a box of chocolate at the long stem road. Everybody knows Everybody knows that you love me, baby Everybody knows that you really do Everybody knows that you've been faithful Give or take a night or two Everybody knows you've been discreet But there were so many